the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by the offices of Dr. Robert Bass in River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for. Today's going to be a fun one as Pastor Sean is going to talk about marriage. As we continue in the series called The Contrarian's Guide to Real Life, Pastor Sean sharing a message called The Contrarian View of Marriage. And something brand new at reallife.org. Not only can you download the notes to this message so that you can follow along, and not only can you download the podcast to hear it later, but now you can watch the Sunday morning service online, again, right there at reallife.org. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a Bible handy. We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 19, and this is Real Life Radio. A contrarian is not someone who's just contrary. It's not a difficult person. But it is a person who recognizes that sometimes the way that the masses are going is like not the right way. In fact, a lot of times the way the masses are going is not the right way. And that there is a better way, maybe even a hidden way, but one that is life-giving. And a contrarian is not afraid to swim upstream a little bit because they understand there's something greater at stake. Now, we started this series recognizing that Jesus Christ, our Savior, is like the ultimate contrarian in history. No one like him. He went against the grain of everything religious that was happening in his day. They were all about religious externals. And Jesus said, no, no, no. It's about the inside. And you, you remember what we taught? We said, uh, don't focus on how things appear. Focus on how they are. Because Jesus talked about the heart. He said, take care of the heart. Because that's where everything comes out of. And he says, if you take care of the heart, the outside will kind of work itself out. It'll get clean. It'll, it, it'll get right. Start here on the inside. Because that's where the action is. Last week, we looked at wisdom, contrarian wisdom, and we saw real wisdom is God's wisdom, and it's very different from the world's wisdom. Now, today, I want to talk about a contrarian view of marriage. And this is one of those unusual uh, areas because our idea of marriage is just chock full of contrarian notions that are totally contrary to so much of what is happening culturally. But the uniqueness about this issue is that 50 years ago, 70 years ago, in our nation and around the world, these notions were not at all contrarian. They were the norm. They were traditional ideas that families had been built on for thousands of years. And they were the norm. They were what everybody understood about marriage. But what we have watched, this unique thing happen, is where we have held to those kind of pictures and ideas and understandings of marriage that we consider healthy historical ideas of marriage, we've held to those and watched them gradually become contrarian. They didn't start out as contrarian ideas. They became contrarian. We're in a situation now. USA Today last fall uh, published an article about marriage, and they, they said this, marriage is increasingly optional and could be on its way to obsolescence. 
Among the over 2,500 adults surveyed by the Pew Research Center last month, 39% say marriage is becoming obsolete, up from 28% who responded to the same question posted in 78 by Time magazine. Percentage age breakdown, okay, those who say marriage is becoming obsolete, 65 and older, 32%. Age 50 to 64, 34%. Age 30 to 49, 41%. Age 18 to 29%, 44%. Percentage of married adults, according to census statistics, in 1960, 72% of adults surveyed were married. 57, uh, in, two, in the year 2000, that was down to 57%. In 2010, it was down to 54%. People are waiting longer to get married. For ages 25 to 34, the percentage of those who are married fell below the percentage of those who are unmarried for the first time in more than a century. Cohabitation has also nearly doubled since 1990. The divorce rate in America, according to the Enrichment Journal, for first-time marriages, 41%. Second-time marriages, 60%. Third-time marriages, 73%. But among evangelical Christians, it's 26%. And we're like, well, at least we're maybe better. It's still one in four. <laughs> Not bad on a curve. Are we great on a curve here? It's just, it's one of those things where you, you see this thing, this idea of marriage. And when watching a changing kind of norm culturally, when you come to understand what marriage is from a biblical perspective, that's a hard thing. Now, I want to suggest to you that some of these things about marriage are not only contrarian now. They were contrarian in Jesus' day as well. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 19. In Matthew 19, we see Jesus in this encounter about marriage. And we're going to find that even some of his followers were like, wow, I didn't know that. Beginning at verse 1, when Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee and went into the region of Judea on the other side of the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. So this is a big time of ministry for Jesus. Lots of people, his disciples are there. There's people being healed, right? I mean, lame people walking, blind people seeing. Big stuff's happening. And then we read this in verse 3. Some Pharisees, you remember them, the religious teachers, came to him to test him. They said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Talk about coming out of left field, okay? There's a, a guy who was blind there going, I could see, I could see. And the Pharisees, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? See, this was a hot topic in their day and one of much discussion. And they were wanting to trap Jesus up because I think they suspected how he would answer and Jesus in verse 4 says, Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female. And he said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore God has joined together. Let man not separate. Now Jesus does what is really just good sound wisdom for any of us whenever we're confronted with conflicting ideas or questions or challenges. He goes to the word. He goes to the origin. And he speaks from that place. But he makes this statement. He said the two become one flesh. God made them male and female. This reason man will leave his father and mother be united as a wife and the two will become one flesh. They're no longer two but one. Therefore what God has joined together, let man not separate. 
And they say, what did Moses command that a man give his wife? Why then, excuse me, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus said, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it wasn't this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman, commits adultery. Now, Jesus is talking about Deuteronomy 24. Moses did instruct them, if you are going to divorce. He didn't instruct them to divorce, by the way. He instructed them, if you're going to divorce, give your wife a certificate of divorce. Because... When Moses was writing, a woman was in a very, very precarious situation if she were divorced. She really was in an economic problem, and her very sustenance and livelihood, her life would be in danger. And so the point was, if for some reason you have to, not that you should, but if you do, you must give her a certificate of divorce so she can go and be remarried. It was the custom of the day that created this need. And Jesus said, it's the hardness of your heart. He said, it wasn't that way from the beginning. I tell you, anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman, commits adultery. Now look at this. This is what I kind of find a little humorous. You can see the disciples. They're standing there and kind of Jesus giving it to those Pharisees. Oh, yeah, you go, Jesus. You be the ball, man. Oh, gee, oh, that stings. You know, and they're doing that whole thing. And then all of a sudden Jesus says, anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness, marries another woman, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, well, if that's a situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. In other words, they had bought into some of the cultural ideas and norms. His own disciples were having their eyes open there going, and really it's kind of this dude factor. This kind of, you know, a gut check kind of gulp factor. Like, wow, you're really serious about this whole marriage and no divorce thing jesus aren't you jesus replied not everyone can accept this word but only those to whom it's been given for some the eunuchs for some are eunuchs because they were born that way others were made that way by men others have renounced marriage because of the kingdom of heaven the one who can accept this should accept it and they're like wow jesus uh what you're saying is god isn't playing when the old testament god said i hate divorce you were serious And Jesus is saying, no divorce. He quotes back to Genesis, one flesh. Marriage is forever. And even his disciples go, man, that's a big deal. So the question that we have to ask is, okay, how do we live that out? How does that become reality when our culture isn't really supporting us that way? Sometimes our own nature and desires are pulling against us, making us want to throw in the towel. How do we do that? And I want you to understand this morning as we talk about this subject, I'm really, this is not so much advice to husbands and wife, although it is. This is really about the bigger idea of how we view marriage. And I want to say to anyone who's single in the room, I want you to pay attention because this really is a bigger issue. How do we view marriage? What, what, what does this even mean in the context of our culture? The Apostle Paul gives some ideas on the how-to in Ephesians chapter 5. You might want to turn over there. And I always start with verse 21 because a lot of times when we talk about the marriage part of this passage, we don't. We start at verse 22. And that's a mistake because 22 on is really an elaboration, a commentary, an expounding on verse 21, which says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of your reverence, your submission 
your worship of Jesus Christ. You submit to one another. And then he says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he's the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to their husbands in everything. You want to talk about a contrarian idea. But he goes on. While all the husbands are going, ooh, that's a good scripture. That I love that submission part. Mm, preach that. That's good, Sean. Talk about that a little more. Like, what would submission look like, Sean? Husbands, don't get too fired up just yet. You're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, and this program is underwritten this week by the office of Dr. Robert Bass, Internal Medicine. He's located in the Stone Oak area at 1202 East Sonterra, Suite 701. And the phone number for Dr. Robert Bass is 210-404-2650. As we take a short break in this message called The Contrarian View to Marriage, and if you think you need to hear this message again with your spouse, then just go to reallife.org and download the podcast or watch the whole thing when you click on the Sermon Archive link. And while you're at reallife.org, please notice all the great summer events that you can do with your family, including Family Movie Night. Something new includes River City's Creative Arts Camp, where your child will experience programs like art, photography, drama, music, and dance programs. And don't forget Vacation Bible School, which is happening in late July. And we hope you also visit the church, as we'll be... And we also hope you visit the church, as we'll be right back in one minute with more from Pastor Sean Azaro. And this is Real Life Radio. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. River City's called A Church for Real Life. And we've been in San Antonio helping people discover the life they were meant to live for the past 13 years. I'd like to invite you to check out our new 1 p.m. service at our Redland campus. It's the same great music, practical biblical teaching, and ministry for all the kids, just at a new time for those who like to get a little later start on Sunday mornings. Another new feature of this service is translation headsets for our Spanish-speaking friends. River City Redland is located one-half mile inside of 1604 on Redland Road and jones Maltzberger. Our Sunday service times are now 8, 9.30, 11.15, and 1 p.m. River City is a multi-site church and also has campuses in New Braunfels and on the northwest side of San Antonio. Go to reallife.org for location and service times. We look forward to meeting you and helping you get connected with others on the road to real life. This is real life. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in this series called The Contrarian's Guide to Real Life. And this is Real Life Radio. Because he goes on in verse 25 and says, Husband, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay. See, the image of a cross is coming into my mind right now. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Okay, can we switch this? I could do submission. I'll, I'll trade. He gave himself up for her to make her holy, talking about Jesus with the church, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we're members of his body. Now listen where he, what he quotes again. 
Jesus quoted it, Matthew 19. We're going back to Genesis. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ in the church. However, each of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Now notice the unique assignments here. Each is given an assignment. And I want you also to notice the focus here. Okay? It doesn't say, husbands, make sure your wife is submitting. Watch her closely. Talk to me about it if she's not doing well. And we'll work something out, a plan of improvement for her. You know, it doesn't. It it doesn't say, you know, this woman you gave me is not submitting, God, so, you know, get her. I'm not saying I've never prayed that. I'm just saying the Bible doesn't say to pray that. Okay? I was wrong when I prayed it. Love you, baby. (laughs) It doesn't say, wives, you know, check out your husband. If he's not loving, you're free because he's an idiot anyway. So just, it doesn't, it really, the focus is, I've got enough to worry about with loving the way Jesus loved. I don't really have time to worry about whether she's kind of getting the submission thing down. And she's got a big assignment in the submission thing. And she doesn't have time to really kind of judge how I'm doing my job. The focus is on how can I, with God's help, be the partner in my marriage that will help my marriage to win. And here's the point. The secret to a happy marriage is making the marriage part more important than the happy part. The secret to a happy marriage is making the marriage part more important than the happy part. And the irony here is that I think God wants us to have happy marriages. He wants us to have joy and fulfillment in our marriage. But when we focus on my fulfillment, my happiness in marriage, I am undermining the very marriage that I hope will make me happy. When I go into marriage saying, oh, Lori, you're going to make me fulfilled and you're going to, all my dreams and desires, you're going to make them all come true. I am putting a ridiculous amount of pressure on her. No person can do that. You know why? Because nobody's perfect. We, we all married imperfect people because that's really the only kind we got. That was all that we had in the pool to choose from, right? Imperfect people. When you put on them this expectation, you're going to make everything right in my life and you're going to lead to all my fulfillment and my happiness and you're going to make everything good for me, you have just killed your marriage because no person can do that. No, Paul pointed out the focus needs to be what can I do to take this gift, this sacred gift of marriage that God gave, how can I be the most effective marriage partner possible it's a change in focus that will lead by the way to the very happiness that we seek i believe i believe it brings good fruit marriage which brings joy peace contentment happiness but the secret to a happy marriage is making the marriage part more important than the happy part and that affects our focus now three contrarian perspectives about marriage okay contrarian perspectives about marriage number one marriage was not our idea Marriage was not our idea. This is really important. We didn't invent this thing. We didn't make it up. It's not just a civil union. It's not just something we thought would be fun one day. Marriage is sacred because it's God's idea. 
And we really need to grasp that this is the foundation of our understanding. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for a man to be alone. And every woman said, Oh, don't we know that. (laughs) It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Skipping down to verse 23. Listen, the man... uh, The Scripture tells us that God took the man, put him to sleep, took a rib from the man, and from it made woman. And man, like, I can just imagine his first view of woman. Like, way to go, God. Really nice. I thought the mountains were cool, but this is better. And listen to what the man says. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken from the man. Now listen, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will be one flesh. Have you heard that somewhere before? Jesus quoted it when he talked about marriage. The Apostle Paul quoted it when he talked about marriage. I think God's kind of serious about this. Something powerful, something spiritual, something real happens when we stand at the marriage altar and say, I do, and we become one flesh. Marriage is sacred because it's God's idea. It was God's design. See, the cornerstone of civilization is the family. It really is. It is our first social unit. But the cornerstone of the family is marriage. Please understand this and let's not be in any way unclear. The cornerstone of the family is marriage. God's purpose for marriage was that we would find joy together, that we would find companionship, we'd be better together than separately, that that we'd find stability, that society would have stability, that we would procreate. God, in His amazing Wisdom, as creator, made us in his image. It says he made man and woman. He created them in his image. And then he allowed us to play a role in that creative process together. Man can't do it without woman. Woman can't do it without man. Together, we get to procreate in the bringing about of new life. Mentoring, and and please understand, it doesn't stop there. Now children need to be mentored, because let me tell you something about children. They don't know anything, okay? Nothing, no offense to the kids in the room, because you guys are old enough to be in here. You know a few things now. Way to go, keep going, you're doing well. But when they're born, they know nothing, Really, they have to be taught, mentored, and trained. And let me say to you, they need both their parents. They need both their parents because little girls need a model of what a woman of God looks like and what a woman's supposed to be, someone she can identify with, someone she can grow with. But they also need a model of what a man looks like. What does a daddy look like? What's a a godly man supposed to be? What does a husband look like? And she's supposed to have that model. In the same way, little boys need a model of what a man is. And at a certain point, little boys will change their kind of connection from mom to dad. And they'll very closely identify with dad because they are trying to, to become what they've seen. And they're supposed to look and be able to see that's what a man of God looks like. But they also need a woman. 
because they need to know what a woman of God looks like and what a mother looks like and what one day a wife looks like. What does a godly woman look like as she navigates life? They need those models. And please, I want to be crystal clear. No matter how many times you repeat a lie, it doesn't become true. You can say it over and over and over again, and it's no more true the last time as it was the first time. And folks, I, I, I want to be, be compassionate here. I know there are all different kinds of families. Mixed families, blended families, families that are not traditional. And I know we've decided to say all of those are families. And you know what? With, by God's grace, they sure can be. But that does not, it does not benefit us to now downplay what God's original intent and design was and what the ultimate picture of a family is. A mother and a father with their children. That is God's design and His picture. Yes, God can bless other things. But for us, this is one of those things where because we don't want to make people feel bad about their less than perfect situation, we now try to totally remove the definition of normal. That is absolutely ridiculous. It's not healthy. It's not good for anybody. No area other than morality would we ever try to do that. That'd be like saying, okay, you're sick, and there's sick people in the world, but I don't want them to feel bad about being sick, so let's just not call anything healthy. There is no such thing as healthy. We're all healthy, really, aren't we? So even though you've got this sickness, don't try to get over it. Don't try to get medical help. Don't try to have something different. Just let's call it normal. See, it's a problem. And understand, I do believe God can bless all different kinds of families. There's grandparents raising kids. There's friends raising kids. There's, there's, I, I understand that and I bless you and I commend you for your commitment to those families. And they are. But you want to bless those kids? You love those kids? Tell them the way God intended it to be. So show them what God created it to be and then help them experience that and mentor them into enjoying that. You've been listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, as next week we'll hear part two of this message called A Contrarian View of Marriage. But you're invited to do a few things for us. One, visit reallife.org where you can download the podcast of this entire series. Or two, watch the video of this message at reallife.org. And or three, visit River City Community Church. Located at the corner of Jones, Maltzberger, and Redland Road, about a half mile inside Loop 1604. And if you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and underwritten this week by the office of Dr. Robert Bass, Internal Medicine. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.